Father, we thank you. Thank you for this time in your presence. Hallelujah to your name. In Jesus' name, I will pray. Amen. We continue from the series. We started about four weeks ago. Life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. We read our uncle scripture. Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 22 to 25. Life in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 to 25. Are we there? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with their affections and lust. Last verse, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we have been made alive, and I said last week the word if would have been properly translated as well. Since, since we have been made alive, we should walk also in the Spirit. Today we'll be considering what I call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. It may take us two or three weeks to undo this alone. But let's just see how we start. Amen. 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 And for this um, part, we'll be reading from Joel. The book of Joel. That was where the prophecy of God pouring his spirit upon all flesh came. And while it happened in Acts of Apostles chapter 2, and Peter was preaching, Peter said, this is what the prophet said. And he quoted Joel, that upon your daughters and your sons will I pour my spirit. And they will dream dreams and they will see visions. So let's go to Joel chapter number 2. But I want us to notice something. I just want to clear some gray hair today. And I want us to listen very attentively. Very, very attentively. Clear some gray area before um, we move into the teaching properly. Okay. So, Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. I take it from verse 28 to 31. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 31. It says, and I read, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens. And in the herd, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Verse 31, where we stop. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. Amen. Amen. If you, if you read that Joel's prophecy very well, you will see that there are two events. Captured in one scenario. There are two events captured in one prophecy. The first one is, he will pour out his spirit. The second one talks about judgment. But it was captured together. Amen. We can go over it again. I will punch you some. I said today I just want to punch you some things. See, teaching is the primary assignment of the church. It's not miracles. Teaching is the primary assignment of the church. And that's why Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself 
proved unto God, a workman that needed that not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I always say this, if the word of truth can be rightly divided, then it can be wrongly divided. When it's wrongly divided, wrong doctrine, wrong teaching is taught. And where wrong doctrine is taught, demons are present. That's the truth. Whether the Bible is used or whatsoever is used, when wrong doctrine is taught, demons are present. I'm telling you. And that's why people will use the Bible to curse someone. People will use the Bible to kill someone. And they will say, is it not in the Bible? Why? They are wrongly dividing the word of truth. They are not coming to the nature and the character of God as revealed in Christ. So they will justify what they are saying, their doctrine, their lifestyle, their character, by what they see in the scripture. Not what they have properly explained in the context of the finished work of Christ. Amen. So there are so many things you will see in the Bible that has no close relationship to the nature and the character of God. But a lot of those things have been preached as also to be the nature and the character of God. Why? Because we all believe that this word is inspired by God. So if it's inspired by God, then God takes responsibility for everything that is inside. How can God take responsibility for what the devil said? Or what the demon said? How can? So what makes this the word of God? If it is read in the light of the word of God himself, which is Christ. So I've said it before. I said the word of God is not a document. The word of God is a person. So if you want to know the document about that person, then it has to be through the person. So you look at Jesus and anything recorded, either it is a claim to be from God or not from God. If it's not found in Christ, it cannot be found in God. And you can't attach it to God. Even if the person says, if I be the son of God, if I be a man of God, let this thing happen and it happens. He say, if he be a man of God. He's not saying, if God be God. Is it clear? And I said in the Old Testament, they prove God's existence by show of power. In the epistles, you prove God's existence by show of love. By show of love. Amen. For the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the gospel of the love of God. Not the power in creation, not the power in destruction, but the power to save. And that is the love of God. Amen. Amen. So there are two prophecies, there are two events in this prophecy. There are two events in this singular prophecy. And if you are not careful, you will match the two events together. Amen. So the first one talks about what? The baptism, the receiving of the Spirit of God by man. And the second one talks about judgment. Amen. The second one talks about what? Judgment. Okay, let's read that Joel again. And I will, I, will, I, will, I will just show you where the first part stopped. And where the second part stopped. And we will continue. Amen. Okay, Joel chapter 2 verse 28 again. And it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaid, in those days will I pour out my spirit. Amen. That is where the first event of this prophecy is taking place. And that is the baptism of the spirit. Now, the, the second event that oftentimes we read together as if it is something that will happen together at the same time starts from 30. It says, And I will show wonders in the heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. So, 
the terrible day of the Lord talks about what? Judgment. The pouring of the Spirit talks about what? The receiving of the healing of the Holy Spirit. Is that clear? So are they the same event? No. So one event comes before the other. But when the prophet was prophesying, he prophesied as if those two events will happen at the same time. But they are not. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's see other scriptures that talks about this. Let's check Matthew chapter 3. Other scriptures that talk about that prophecy. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew 3, 11 to 12. Matthew 3, 11 and 12. Are you there? Matthew 3, 11 and 12. Are we there? I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than high. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with what? And with fire. Now, in Ezekiel, in Joel's prophecy, fire is for what? For judgment. Is it clear? Is it clear? Now, let's see again. Then verse 12. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the gunner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What's that? Judgment. Is it clear? So while John was also quoting Joel, he quoted it verbatim. As if when Jesus would baptize the disciples, he would also baptize them with that fire. But don't forget, that verse 12 already explained to you that he's also talking about what? Judgment. So judgment did not come with the baptism of Holy Spirit. Is it clear? This is what they call Bible study. So let's keep going and you will see what happened. This is John's testimony and he just quoted Joel like that. Amen? So there are two events that John also quoted from Joel. Amen. But I said those two events are contained in one prophecy. And when prophecies are given, you will think they are talking about a particular event. No. Why? Because prophecy is spoken by the Spirit, and in the Spirit, there is no time. Amen. Amen. When you speak by the Spirit, oftentimes, or let me say, when God speaks, God does not speak in the realm of time. He does not live in time. So he speaks from what we call eternal presence. God might be speaking about something that has passed and you will think he's talking about the future. He might be talking about something that will happen in the future and you will think he's talking about now. He's speaking from eternal presence. So to God, there's no end of time. There's no beginning of time to God. So he speaks like there's no end of time. The only time God relates to man in time is when it has to do with the physical. Amen. Amen. Is it clear? Okay, now, we just quoted John in Matthew. He just responded to them. And said, see, I am not the Christ. This is what will happen. I am not even able to lose the shoe. But at a point, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And John added fire to it. But the fire is not talking about the baptism of Holy Ghost and fire. The fire is for what? Judgment. You will see it as you continue. Okay, let's see another witness. Mark 1 8. Mark 1 8. You will see why we have to teach and come to this conclusion. Because the character of God is becoming shady, even in the heart of believers. Amen. Mark 1 8. Mark 1 8. Are we there? Mark 1 8. This is the testimony of the writer of Mark. It says, And indeed, I've baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with what? With the Holy Ghost. Full stop. 
Mark 1, 8, and shall baptize you with what? With the Holy Ghost. So the writer of Mark knew that that second thing that has to do with fire is for judgment, not for the baptism of the believers. Amen. 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 Okay, let's move forward. Now let's go to Luke chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Let's be saying the testimony. And the final testimony we will see the testimony of Jesus himself. Luke 3. Luke 3. God must be seen in the light of the nature and character of Jesus Christ. It must be seen in the light. Luke 3. 16 and 17. Luke 3, 16 and 17. Are we there? John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than high cometh. The lurchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with what again? Fire. Verse 17, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and will gather the wheat and his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire on what? Quenchable. He's talking about what? At that second verse, judgment also. Now, Luke was quoting who? John. Matthew was quoting who? John. John was quoting who? Joel. Amen. Amen. So we see John quoting Joel verbatim. But we see the writer of Mark quote separately. Now let's see John. Amen. John, the book of John. John chapter 1, verse 31 and 32. And the final testimony we'll take is Jesus' testimony himself. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Verse what? 31 to 33. Okay? And I need him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bear record saying, and John bear record saying, I saw the spirit descend on him, descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Verse 33. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. Full stop. Hey man, that's the testimony of John the Beloved. Quoting John, but he stopped at baptized with what? Holy Ghost, and he removed fire. Why? Because he was a disciple. Let's see what happens. Now, let's see the testimony of Jesus himself. You may say, ah, why are we going through all this rigor? <laughs> if you know how many ministries that are built on the Holy Ghost fire, <laughs> you will laugh. Many ministries built on that sin alone. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. And they are using Holy Ghost fire to destroy men. <laughs> and you will see why demons are activated. Why they use the name? Why? Because where wrong doctrine is taught, demons are given power. Amen. Amen. Okay, so that's the testimony of John. Now, let's see the testimony of Jesus. Let's say all of them are wrong. Let's see what Jesus said. Amen. Act of Apostles chapter 1.
Acts of Apostles, chapter 1. Are we there? I'll just take it from, let me just take it from verse 4. Acts of Apostles, chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, and not many days after. So Jesus was telling them what he would do. And you saw him do it in Acts of Apostles chapter 2, verses 2 and 4. So when it happened, what Jesus promised was what? The baptism of what? The Holy Spirit. Did you see fire in the statement of Jesus? No. Hey man. Hey man. Hey man. Hey man. Okay, why did Jesus have to puncture the prophecy of Joel about it? Because there are two events contained in a single prophecy. There are two events contained in what? In a single prophecy. Now, let's see another example, Isaiah 61. Let's see another example. You will see Jesus puncturing the prophecy of Isaiah about something too. Isaiah prophesied about the Lord and he also prophesied about judgment. And Jesus came on point and he punctured it. Also, let's, let's just see another, another example. So it won't sound as if I'm, I'm trying to portray Jesus as a good man when he's not. <laughs> but let's see another example. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61. Then we'll see how Jesus punctured that prophecy in Luke chapter 4. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, are we there? I read verse 1 and 2 briefly, then we'll go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Verse 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, verse 3, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. The day of what? Vengeance of our God. When you read this prophecy, you will think the event will happen at the same time. But no, the day of vengeance is the day of judgment. We are in the time of what? Salvation. Amen. Now, let's see Luke. Don't close it. Or just put one hand. Then go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Verse 14 to 20. I'll just quickly read. Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 20. <laughs> and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay, let me just, let me not even start from, let me just start from 18 because of the time. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He was cutting who? Isaiah, that we just quoted. So, Isaiah was prophesying about who? About Christ. And he was prophesying two events in a single prophecy. But Jesus knew when those events would take place. The same thing he did about Joel's prophecy. In Joel 2, 28 to 30 that we read. Amen. And he said, see, I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Not many days from now. And he didn't have fire to it. Because he understood that that prophecy by Joel contained two events. One will happen and another one will happen later. So let's see again. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. Let's just take it from 18 instead of 14. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20. And He closed the book. At what point? At the acceptable year of the Lord. So the vengeance of God is not taking place now. That's what Jesus was saying. And let's see verse 20. And he closed the book and he gave it to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fasting on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your heads. What scripture was fulfilled? Vengeance? No. What? Acceptable year of the Lord. Salvation. Salvation. Amen. Amen. Now let's now go to Acts of Apostles chapter 2 when it happened. So Jesus gave also this promise of he baptizing them in the Holy Ghost. I just used Isaiah and Luke to explain to us that Jesus always do that. You will see Jesus quoting um, Moses oftentimes and he will say, you've heard this, you've read this, you've been told this, but I say this. Why? Because he is the revelation of the Father. People wrote about the Father. He came to reveal the Father. He is the express image of his person. So we believe his testimony more than any other testimony about the Father. We believe him more. Why? Because he is the Father in the flesh. He is the Son of his Father. Amen. Amen. Okay, so Acts chapter 2. We are just laying foundations for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we must get it right. We must get it right. So, Act of Apostles chapter 2, let's see what ha- now happened. Where people are now seeing fire now. Act of Apostles chapter 2. So, we all agree that this is the day of salvation. This is the year of the acceptable year of the Lord. Abi? This is the time, this is the season of the acceptable year of the Lord. It's not the time of vengeance. It's not the time of judgment. No. It's the time of salvation. This is the time of salvation. And that's why God will want all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Amen. So, Acts of Apostles chapter 2. This is another place where it appears as if they receive fire. <laughs> but you've seen the fire means what? Judgment. You saw it in Jewel. You saw it in, um, in Luke. You saw it in Matthew. At least those, people, those places quoted. You saw it in Luke. You saw it in Matthew. It means what? Judgment. And while Jesus was quoting the same prophet, he removed the fire. Why? Because fire means judgment. And Jesus has not come to judge the world. He has not come to judge the world. He has not come to condemn the world. It came that the world through him might be saved. So we are in the time of salvation. You are, we are in the time of salvation. Okay, let's see um, Acts of Apostles chapter 2. I read from verse 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as... A, of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire cloven tongues like as of fire what does it mean okay we'll go back there and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven sorry 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 okay like as of a fire and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them hot trance. Now let's go back to the fire that is affecting our doctrine. Amen. Verse 
3. And there appeared unto them clothing tongue like as of fire. Like as of fire. Is it literal or figure of speech? Figure of speech. So the cloven tongue was not fire, but it looks like fire. When the Bible says the Holy Spirit descend like a dove, it's not that they saw dove. But in its form, it looked like dove. It was not dove. How can it be dove? How can the Holy Spirit be dove? It's a symbol of what? The Holy Spirit. Fire is a symbol of Holy Spirit. But what does it mean? To destroy? No. It means passion. So in Luke chapter 24, when the disciples were talking to Jesus, while Jesus was going and he was with them on the way to Emmaus, the Bible says, while Jesus left them, they now said to themselves, do not our heart burn while he spoke with us. Was not our heart set on fire? Why? So the fire that represents the Holy Spirit is not talking about the fire of Holy Ghost to destroy. It's talking about the zeal, the passion of the Holy Spirit working within us to do the work of the ministry. Amen. So like as of fire is work, is a figure of speech that says that cloven tongues look like fire, but it's not fire. It is the baptism of Holy Ghost on them. Amen. So you see many ministries, many churches built their doctrine, their life, their church, their ministry on this alone. Revival Holy Ghost Fire Ministry. And what the fire is doing is not to motivate them into evangelization. It's not to motivate them into saving souls. It is to destroy souls. We are not in the time of vengeance. We are in the time of salvation. Amen. Amen. So Jesus did not baptize anybody with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He baptized them with what? With the Holy Ghost. Fire represents what? The judgment. Amen. 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 Okay, let's see. Let's see the significance of Christ in the Pentecost. You know the Bible says where we just stopped now and looked up in, in Acts of Apostles chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. It said, When the day of the Pentecost was fully come. Now, let me quickly say this. Pentecost. Pentecost, Pentecost has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. Pentecost has nothing to do with what? With the Holy Ghost. I will explain how it relates. Amen. Amen. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. Now, Pentecost, more times you see, uh, some people will even say Pentecostal church. And say Pentecost. As if it means Holy Ghost. No, that's not what it means. Pentecost is a Jewish festival that is celebrated 50th day from the Passover. So it's a celebration of new things. You will see it in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15 and 16. Amen. So it's, 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 it's a festival God gave them that they should celebrate on the 50th day of the Passover. I want us to listen very well to this place. This might be where I will stop today. But I want us to get something clearly. The significance of the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the giving of the Holy Spirit when it was given. You will see the significance here. Nah, without any issue. And that might just be where we'll stop. But I want us to follow gently. So, God gave them Pentecost. It's called the Feast of New Things. Leviticus chapter 23. You'll see it in verse 16, verse 15 and 16. So, Pentecost is not something that was... Pentecost is not an outcome of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost was a Jewish 
festival that is being held and celebrated once every year. And it is celebrated 50th day from what? From Passover. What is Passover? Passover is also another festival. Jewish festival that is celebrated just to show their deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. Now, you remember when they wanted to leave Egypt, the Bible says they killed a ram. They killed a ram. And they put the blood on the doorpost. You remember that? And the Bible says that lamb is what? Their Passover lamb. The Passover lamb. So God said, when the spirit of destruction sees the blood, it passed over. Amen. So they now, every year, when they left, every year, they celebrate Passover. So when they celebrate their victory, their deliverance from Egypt, 50th day from that time, they will celebrate what we call Pentecost. And I said, Pentecost is what? Feast of new things. Amen. And this is what they do. They, 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 they cut um, weaves. And they'll come and wave it before God. Like just new things. They just come and wave it before God. And that's, 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 that's what they do. Amen. So the two festivals are Jewish festival. The one that comes first is the Passover. That reminds them of how God delivered them from Egypt. And they will kill a lamb. The second one is to celebrate what? The 50th day from that time. Fruits of what? Festival of new things. Festival of what? New things. Amen. So now this is what happened. At the time, they were now celebrating Passover. As they were killing the lamb, they were also killing Jesus. Get it clearly? Get it clearly? When Jesus died, when Jesus was crucified on the cross, Jesus was crucified during what? The celebration of their Passover. And that's why they said they can't leave the body of Jesus to be on the tree. Why? Because the Sabbath cometh the following day. Amen. So they had to quickly bring them down. So anybody that... By the time they checked Jesus had died, the other thieves that are not dead, they had to break their legs. Why would they have to break their legs? Because the bone marrow, where the, it, it's, the blood is formed in the bone marrow. So when they break the leg, fastly, death will come. But by the time they got to Jesus, Jesus had given up the ghost. So they didn't have to break his leg. Prophecy had said that his bones would not be broken. <laughs> Amen. So, he was being killed. The lamb also for their own festival, Passover, was also being killed. So as they were celebrating Passover and they were killing the physical lamb, they were killing the spiritual lamb of God on the cross. On the cross. And while he rose from the dead, let me say this, while he rose from the dead, he stayed with the disciples 40 days. You will see that in Acts of Apostles chapter 1 verse 4, 3, 4. He stayed with the disciples 40 days and the Bible says he was teaching them things concerning the kingdom of God. Now, let me quickly say this. The first Passover happened when the children of Israel left Egypt. The first Pentecost happened 50 days after that time, you will see that record in Exodus chapter 31 and in chapter 32. The Pentecost happened 50th day of the time, the day they left Egypt. So they were celebrating the feast of new things, newness that has happened to them. And this is what happened. When they left Passover, get it again? When they left Egypt, Moses went to be with God for how many days? 40 days. God came to be with man for how many days? 40 days. Jesus stayed with the disciples 40 days. 
turn to your, turn to act of apostle. So it won't look as if I'm just saying, I'm just saying things that I just want to see where the law was eventually nailed. Absolutely, where the Old Testament was absolutely buried, and the New Testament came into action. Acts of Apostles, chapter one. Out there, I will read verse three. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty what forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he was with the disciples. I've said it before, the reason Jesus did not appear to everybody is that salvation has to come by faith. And if he appears to everybody, then they will know he has risen from the dead. <laughs> so he only appeared to those who believed him while he was on the earth. So they were given the assignment to preach that gospel that he rose from the dead. And anyone that believes, he is saved. And that's fair. So Jesus did not appear to Pilate and say, I told you I will rise on the third day. Because Pilate never believed. He didn't appear to Ananias. He didn't appear to Kephers. He didn't appear to the priest. He appeared to those who believed. Amen. Amen. So Moses went to be with God for how many days? 40 days. God in Christ was with men for how many days? For 40 days. Now, on the 50th day, Moses came down, and as he was coming, he was coming with the tablet of work, the law. On the 50th day, Jesus looked down and poured his spirit upon man. So, on the 50th day in the law, they were given what? The law. They were given what? The first Pentecost, what were they given? The law. The second Pentecost, what were we given? The Spirit. Hey, man. So, when Jesus, sorry, when Moses now came and he discovered that, ah, what has happened here? Aaron had built golden calf. And he said, wow. This is this cannot stand. This cannot stand. God is angry. This cannot stand. The Bible says he took the golden calf, he grinded it, he poured it in the water, make them drink. And after a while, he said, Who is on the Lord's side? Moses said, Who is on the Lord's side? The Bible says the descendant of Levi. They joined Moses and they said, We are on the Lord's side. And Moses said, Take your sword. Go into tents and kill. The Bible says 3,000 men, about 3,000 men fell dead that day. And while they received the Holy Ghost, the Bible says while people were saying they were drunk, Peter stood and preached. And about 3,000 men were saved. <laughs> so the Old Testament... There was a lamb, a physical lamb. In the New Testament, there is a spiritual lamb of God, Christ. In the Old Testament, Moses had to run away from the people to go and meet God. God stayed with the people for 40 days. He came back with the law and gave it to them. Jesus gave his spirit. The advent of the law brought death. 3,000 men were dead. The coming of the Spirit brought life to 3,000 men. how God nailed the law. That was how God nailed the law. 
replace the hood with the new replace the hood with the new religion stopped from that day onward religion stopped life began from that day onward but you see men up to date still offer lamb when Christ had been offered. So Jesus was crucified during Passover because he is the true Passover. He gave his spirit during Pentecost. But because he is the true giver of new things. So the new thing man received was the spirit. Not the plant. Not things. And I said it last week. He that gave you his spirit. What else does he have to give again? Giving your spirit is giving your life. You have given your whole life. Hey man. Hey man. So Jesus died and he rose and he fulfilled the law. The demands of the law was completely satisfied. And the spirit went into operation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would there still be religion? Yes. People will still do religion. But as religion ended, yes. Replaced by the life of Christ. Amen. Amen. Let me quickly jump a bit. Why did Jesus choose the day of Pentecost for him to give the Holy Ghost? <laughs> One, because that's the day they celebrate new things. So he gave the Holy Ghost as the newest thing that man made. Two, that was the day all Jews everywhere will gather in Jerusalem. All Jews from all over the world, they will gather in Jerusalem to celebrate new things. But something happened. There were about 120 in the upper room, the Bible says, where they prayed. But I think at this point, they were in the temple. The Bible says while they were there, the Holy Ghost came like a cloven tongues of fire. And it came on them. And while it rested on them, they spoke in tongues. And while they were speaking in tongues, people that traveled everywhere to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost saw what happened. And Peter stood. Peter that was running not too long ago. And Peter stood and preached to them. Let me say this. The baptism of Holy Spirit is for utterance. Let me say it again. It's for what? Utterance. You will see next week that they had already received Holy Spirit before that experience. <laughs> but that experience came to give them what? Utterance. So Jesus now said in Acts of Apostles chapter 1 verse 8, You shall receive Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when you do it. When Holy Spirit comes. Amen. And you will be my witness. So the ability to profess who you are in Christ is given at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
So Jesus told them in Luke, wait for the promise of the Father in Jerusalem. Wait for it. Wait, wait. The reason I'm doing this is without it, you can't profess what I have done. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is what? Hot trash. Ability to speak forth the things God did. So that was not the first time they received Holy Ghost. And that was not the last time they experienced what they experienced. But it was given because they will become witnesses of his resurrection. They will become what? Witnesses of his resurrection. They will testify that we saw him die. He was buried in this tomb and he rose. It was not a mystery. We saw him, he thought it was for 40 days. So there will be witnesses of his what? Resurrection. And that was what Peter witnessed to the people. Now, if 3,000 people were saved, that tells you that it was not 3,000 people that Peter preached to. 3,000 that were saved were those who believed the gospel. That Jesus rose from the dead. That's the gospel. But they could not preach that until the Holy Ghost came. Why? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for utterance. It's for speaking of the things God did in Christ for mankind. Let's bow our heads.